When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick here for this week's By the Numbers with co-host Dan Reese. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, nice to get a, a home win and break that uh, little streak we had going there and um, get things going the right direction. So, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's just The streak has been miserable. You don't realize how, how much it's weighing on you, maybe because it goes from season to season, but just the, the, the feeling of not being able to hold a lead is not a good one. And they still blew a 10-point lead in this one, but came back with what I think we're going to look back on as one of the most important drives of the entire season. Yeah, absolutely. It was a it was a big win. Um, I think emotionally, I think momentum wise for the team, and also I think when it comes down to um, standings, it could definitely make a big difference. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsor, Liquid Death, the water that will brutally murder your thirst. So uh, let me go ahead and jump right into our by the numbers here, and we're going to start with the man of the hour here. So we've got six point one, minus two point six, seven, and sixty four. Those are the numbers. You can guess who they're about, but uh, 6.1 is the number of points above expectation on field goals and extra points alone from Justin Tucker. That is number one in the entire NFL. A new guy, the new Justin Tucker, in fact, Cade York, is currently at minus 2.6 points uh, above expectation, meaning he's below expectation at 26th in the league. Uh, made a big field goal in practice, I guess in the preseason. Had a number of pundits predicting he'd be the best kicker in the NFL. Uh, doesn't really work that way or work or change that quickly. 
he has now made 22nd consecutive seven consecutive field goals. That's Tucker. The third longest streak of his career only. I was really surprised to find that out. He's actually had seven streaks of 19 plus to date. And then the biggest streak of them all, he's made 64 consecutive field goals in the fourth quarter and overtime. And you can't do wrong uh, with that. Tucker lost the special teams player of the week this week to Kyle McLaughlin of the, of the Colts, who also had four field goals, including a 51 and 52. But there's only one word I need to say that make people kind of poo-poo that, and that's Denver. Yep, that uh, that that's a big asterisk on 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 those kicks for sure. And um, what Tucker had a fifty eight, is that right? Fifty eight, uh, yeah, yeah. And so fifty eight plus a game winner, fifty two, yeah, yeah, plus a game winner. Um, you know, I I, I think I uh, I might have uh, might have given him the vote this week. I saw one stat that was um that said it was so dead straight that it would have made it through a, a if the field goals were half a yard wide. It's just yeah. remarkable. Um, it, what a what a pleasure and um, you know amazing thing to have him on our team. So, all right, I'll jump to um, my first set of numbers is a point one eight three and negative point two oh seven. So those are the EPA uh, for week five for run and pass plays for the Ravens. Uh, so so point one eight three on run plays was was very strong. They were you know very successful uh you know they uh kind of um maybe turn the tide a bit on the run game um hopefully uh this week and uh unfortunately on the other side negative 0.207 uh for the pass game there really weren't the the big plays uh on the pass game necessarily uh there were a couple negative plays with the interception the the missed fourth down on a pass play um you know so um it it, it kind of it was a very impressive night for the run game, uh, average six yards per run, and but not so much on the pass game with uh, you know only five yards per pass uh, for, per drop back. So um, a little bit of both sides this, this week. So big game for the run to come back, and obviously Stanley had something to do with it, even though he was only in there for twenty two snaps. The Ravens ran well while he was in. Uh, they did a good job in spreading the wealth in this game. Drake, Dobbins, and Lamar also all had some good runs in the game and looked pretty good. I thought overall, and I, I mean, I think we'd be together on this, but we'd love to see the run game return to the 2019 or 20 level, either one of them, frankly. Um, but if, if they're going to do that, I think Ronnie Stanley is probably the, the key pillar in making that work in terms of him playing more snaps. And, and you know, they, they probably need to avoid injuries and get some better news at running back as the season moves on. But I just believe Stanley is, is probably the player most significantly responsible for that. Yep, definitely agree. All right, let's jump ahead. Um, 17.8% and 25.9%. So far, DeVoa for the Ravens, remember, positive is good, uh, is 17.8% out of shotgun, fourth in the NFL, and 25.9% out of non-shotgun, second in the NFL. So Lamar's been good at both so far in 2022. There's This is really a of uh, study and sample size though because it's still quite so, uh, smaller for the non-shotgun snaps there's approximately 40 to 45 and that's not really enough it's like less than a game's worth of snaps obviously uh to, to to be super excited about it last year the ravens were much better from shotgun um they were 3.0 percent 18th in the league than not shotgun where they were minus 21.6 percent 30th in the league so I don't think we can completely ride with the 2022 data yet, but
But last year's data, of course, included a mix of Jackson and Huntley. It wasn't all one or the other. Uh, also included a different set of offensive tackles. So let's hope the 2022 numbers are, are more representative of what that offense is uh, now. I think it, it is, though, too early to say the Ravens are really ambivalent to being a shotgun or under center team. And I know there are, there are a lot of people with strong opinions about whether or not they ought to run more under center. Where do you stand on that, Dan? Uh, you know, I think there's interesting ar- arguments on both sides. Uh, I think, um, uh, you know, I think having a um, a diverse uh, attack is really, uh, really powerful. Um, and actually, I was lucky enough to kind of ask uh, RG3 a couple questions on Twitter, and he actually responded and said that because uh, he was going back and forth with some talking talk show ho- folks um, about which was more important, whether it was under center or or not, um, or or drop back. And um, he actually commented and said that that the the huge threat for the Ravens right now is that they can do both, and that defenses have to um, account for for both approaches, um, and because both have their advantages, whether it's you can't see the ball or you have to play for more of a pass, a play action, you know, or um, you can see more of the field as a quarterback. So there's lots lots of opinions on it. And I think, um, you know, as someone that has direct insight, like RG3 has, um, I think it was, it was pretty cool to hear him say that um, that the, the mixed approach is really a, a challenge for defenses. So mm-hmm. All right, that's, that's a great conversation to be able to get into. I'd like to, love to hear his thoughts on 13 and you know, the heavy, the, the use of 13 personnel, the very, very heavy use of heavy packages this year. If you could re-engage him in that, I'd love to love to see how that plays out. Yeah, I think I was lucky enough to get him once, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, cool. My uh, my next set of numbers is uh, is actually just uh, 4.0. It's the air yards per attempt for Joe Burrow, uh, the lowest in his career. Um, and additionally, he was only blitzed on 2.7% of snaps, which was the lowest in the, in his career as well. You know, I know blitzes have different definitions and whatever, but regardless, it was an extremely low percentage. Um, he in fact only had two passes longer than 15 yards, one that was incomplete and one that was intercepted by queen. So that's pretty amazing, um, stat there. Uh, and 13 out of his 35 attempts were behind the line of scrimmage. So it was all, um, you know, uh, well, I guess a lot of it was, you know, how the Ravens defense attacked him and, and game planned, uh, took away the deep passes and made him be patient and take things underneath. Uh, they got a ton of, um, you know, yak on those plays. Uh, but uh, overall, they were able to really limit the um, the plays, I think. I think there was only one play for over 20 yards, uh, pass yeah. play for over 20 yards, and that was um, the one with Peter's missed tackle. So it actually should have been stopped for less than 20. Yeah, yeah, that uh, very good point there. But it was it was about at the 10 yard line at 10 yards rather. Peters really should have made that tackle, and uh, it was a two plus 31 play that went for 33. I, I he had. I thought it was 12, but it may just be a difference of, of grades here that is that is small, but th- that were behind the line of scrimmage. And uh, on those plays, they had about 6.3 yards per uh, play. So those were effective and low variance because every single one was complete, or at least of the 12 of the 12 that I'm talking about were all complete. Um, the, the others were not only for lower average yards. I think he averaged 4.4 yards on those plays, which if you hold Joe Burrow to 4.4 yards, 
on some subset of things. That's 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 good, obviously. Uh, but uh, also had a lot of variance in them. Had some, had the sacks in them. Uh, and had the pick in them. So that's just what defense is looking for in terms of, of trying to get the Bengals off the field. Yeah, absolutely. It was such a great game plan. So, All right, let's move on. Um, I've got 374, 125, and 108. Those are the three leading rush totals for the Baltimore Ravens right now. 374 for Lamar Jackson, 125 for Justice Hill, and 108 for J.K. Dobbins. Pretty incredible. Even after we've seen Jackson lead the team in rushing the last three seasons, including last year when he missed five games, uh, even we've seen him miss, you know, lead the team in rushing year after year. Uh, Hill has only a third of his yards through five games. And Dobbins, of course, is just coming back and you know, Hill's missed time as well. And neither Drake nor Davis has put up any significant number of yards. So they're not in the in the question yet. But uh, it appears he'll lead the team in rushing for a fourth consecutive season. And going back to his rookie year in 2018, uh, I know he didn't start until a little bit later in the season. They, the Ravens went uh, uh, cruise down the stretch with him, but uh, he had seven. He had 695 yards, and Edwards had 718. A lot of people will say Edwards, you know, uh, had the whole season to get that. Well, Edwards really wasn't with the team either, and he. He just started playing, in fact, after Lamar did. Lamar's getting a few of these gadget snaps per game. So Edwards actually got a little bit less in terms of game time. But uh, it's amazing that Jackson really is at a spot where he's practically led the, the the Ravens in rushing for five straight years every year. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty remarkable. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to it could it could very easily be by a considerable margin this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think. They're going to continue to do um, a committee approach um, with with Jackson uh, or, or with uh, with Hill and, and Dobbins, and then I think even once Edwards come back, throw some more into the committee. So yeah, you're right. I mean, they're, they're, those those carries should be fairly split. Where would your betting money be right now if you, if you could take either Dobbins or Lamar the rest of the way in terms of rush yards? Who would you bet on? Have you guys noticed those strange-looking tall boys of beer, but they're in the bottled water section of your local store? It's because it's not beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. Why is it called Liquid Death? Well, because it'll brutally murder your thirst. Plus, the tall boy can is infinitely recyclable. They're trying to get rid of the plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of their profits of every can to help kill the plastic bottles. Plastic bottles are horrible for the environment, and aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually makes money for the recycling facilities. Now, you want to have some fun? It's amazing how drinking water from a freezing cold can is so refreshing. Love it way more than bottles. And there's new flavors. This is a severed lime I'm drinking right now, where earlier today I woke up my morning, which is a straight mountain water, spring water. Whether you want sparkling or regular, they got you covered. So. Now, it's only 9 a.m. here in my office, and I'm about to do a presentation with about 50 people. So here's what I'm going to I'm going to take this liquid death. I'm going to walk out on stage with it, make my presentation, and see how many coworkers think that I'm drinking a beer while making a morning presentation. Now, go on over to get liquid death at your local Harris Teeter or 7-Eleven or find liquid death at a retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com forward slash film study. Remember, that's liquiddeath.com forward slash film film study uh you know I, I still think i would go with lamar um i think he's got the explosive plays i think dobbins does as well um but 
you know, I think Edwards is going to come back um, and, and that'll eat into the running game. And, I, you know, I just have a hard time betting against Lamar and almost anything. So, uh, so I think I would go with him. All right. All right. My, uh, my next number is a look ahead number. I'm um, looking towards the game with the Giants at 25. Uh, so the Giants have scrambled 25 times so far this year, Daniel Jones, obviously, uh, so far this year, which is the most out of any team. Uh, Baltimore, for comparison, is fifth with 14 uh, scrambles. Um, they've converted a first down on 17 of those for uh, for 68%, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Baltimore, on the other, uh, for comparison, has converted 43% of their scrambles. Um, the uh, Daniel Jones has averaged 7.4 yards per carry on these scrambles. For comparison, uh, Lamar has 7.3. Uh, per per scramble, so Daniel Jones is a threat. Oddly enough, as as you know, you might not think it by by seeing him, but he is a threat uh, for QB scrambles, especially um, you know on third downs when they're looking to convert on a first down. So it's something that the defense is really going to have to keep their eye on, um, and uh, and it'll be interesting to see uh, if um, if McDonald does anything to uh, to game plan for that. Now, this is interesting. I'm just looking up the stats right now on Daniel Jones. He's got 15 sacks for 88, and you say he's got 17 scrambles for 7.4 yards per carry? Yep. So that's going to be well north of that. Uh, uh, Just take a moment and do what broadcasters should not do. So 126 yards I make it out to be, and then 88 yards um, gives him 37.8 net on – a combination of 17 plus 15, 32, you're going to divide by. So he's had 1.2 uh, yards on forced not to pass throws, whereas Jackson is over three right now. So, uh, you know, we're, we're still getting a lot of shorter sacks uh, with Jackson that, that end up being uh, are offset by a fair number of scrambles. Yeah, that's, you know, that's huge, but, it is still remarkable to see anyone above zero. I think it's a rarity, right? Yeah, it's it's fairly it's fairly rare. A lot of the running quarterbacks that are are you know who have significant scramble yards will will get above zero for a year. Uh, Mahomes was up at four or five. No, actually, Mahomes was at three point one in two thousand nineteen. Jackson was at five point one, which is like the highest anyone's ever seen. But uh, uh, you know, when you when you can combine your sacks and your scrambles, you end up with five yards of rush. That's pretty amazing. Yep, definitely. So. All right, let's move on here. Uh, I got one that relates to the Giants directly in the same way: eleven point one percent and five point two percent. The Giants have allowed an eleven point one percent sack rate this season. That's thirty first in the NFL. By the way, the Bears at thirty second, twenty point five percent sack rate. How do you do that? <laughs> How do you even do that? Not I don't good. think it's. I don't think it's a matter of blocking. I think it's a bad matter of some really bad running decisions and non throwaway decisions from uh, from Fields uh, that that got them there. But the Ravens have sacked the quarterback on only 5.2% of dropbacks, which is low. Um, this is a week where the Ravens need to go and hunt. Uh, they they, uh, they need to find a way to get to Jones, to keep him contained in the pocket, and to uh, and, and to take him down a few times, I think, if they're going to win this game. The variation in defense that we always talk about, the variance, the defense needs the, the, you know, the big negative plays, whether those be penalties or sacks or interceptions, uh, to try and get the other team off the field. Uh, in, in full force this week because the Giants otherwise are capable of, uh, of moving the ball uh, with, with Jones running and their combination of Saquon Barkley as well uh, effectively. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, those negative plays are going to be huge to get them behind the sticks and, and get them off of their run game. You know, they uh, they feed off of that and just it just kind of being able to be a, a kind of a neutral uh, offense where you can't tell what they're going to do and getting them behind the sticks is the is going to be key to uh, dictating uh, a kind of one dimensional attack uh, so that you can plan accordingly. So. All right, my uh, my fourth number is 42.6%. Kind of feeds right off of that. That's uh, their play action percentage by the Giants. That's second in the NFL uh, per the athletic. Um, they also rank fourth in EPA on pass action uh, play action dropbacks. So they, as I mentioned, kind of they live on on the kind of neutral plays where you can't tell whether they're going to run with Barkley or do a play action pass and, and really feed off of that. Uh, it's going to put a lot of pressure on our inside linebackers this week. Week, I think. Um, I believe Queen's interception was on a play action pass yep. last week, um, but I, I do think they've struggled um, and, and kind of bit hard on some play actions in the past. And, you know, it's really going to put them to the test this week to, to keep them honest um, and, and keep them, you know, keep their stance where they belong and not bite too hard. So, yeah, the Giants uh, play a lot of 12 personnel, some 13. Um, they're looking more with working more with inline tight ends, which will be an interesting defensive challenge for the Ravens because they pose a very significant threat in terms of the blocking for the run game. I think we'll see heavier defensive formations from the Ravens against 12 than we might normally. That's a good place for big nickel normally. I think it might be a place for jumbo nickel uh, or even just the base defense in this game. Uh, Base defense, a normal three defensive linemen. Of course, the only time you really get three defensive linemen on the field. The other more unusual time that you get three defensive linemen on the field is with jumbo nickel, where they maintain five defensive backs and they have three down linemen with two outside linebackers. And then they also have one inside linebacker instead of the normal two to try and get bigger up front. Would not surprise me if the Ravens try and do that with Barkley to try and give those edge setters a little bit better chance to not let him get outside. So I, I also, in addition to the inside linebackers, I think the outside linebackers are going to have to have a good game of, of being right on top of that boot play. Uh, this may be more Adafi Owe on that right side as a Sam linebacker. Uh, if the Giants line up there, you know, the tight end that, that he'll be opposite there um, in terms of getting into the backfield and trying to uh, get after uh, uh, Jones quickly as he boots. That's usually about 75% of playing good boot defense is just getting uh, the, that backside edge defender in the face of the quarterback as quickly as possible. Yep, absolutely <clears throat> going to be a challenge. All right, apologize for that. Um, got uh, several numbers for you here. 5.0, and 70%. It's a lot of numbers for one of these things, but 5.0 rushing yards per attempt, 290.4 net passing yards allowed per game, 23 first downs allowed per game, a 70.6% red zone percentage by the opponents, and a 70% fourth down conversion rate by the opponents. These are major stats for which the 2022 Ravens are on pace to have their worst figures in franchise history. Obviously, that's not a good thing. Um, In-season defensive improvement can be very difficult. Uh, The Ravens need to get something, I believe, from Bowser and Ajabo. I believe that position group is probably the most in trouble right now in terms of of what it's it's producing. I, I, you know. 
be great if Houston came back and, and he could provide something to it too, but they, they need to get the pass rush running to get their dime defense performing at the level I think it can uh, and, and really be a takeaway machine as, as uh, it really ought to be. Yeah, I think uh, some of these numbers are, are shocking. I think it's interesting. Um, you you look at these numbers relative to you know some of the turnover numbers, and you, you kind of think about whether some of it is a nat- uh, by nature of the way that the defense is playing, kind of like bend don't break. Uh, but I do think it goes beyond that, and um, you know that they they definitely have not gotten anywhere near where they need to be um, to be a successful team overall. Um, you know, I think some of these these are, are just going to be huge and, and key. You know, um, stopping the first downs, the red zone; those are just those are numbers that you need to to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it is because they they have had some really tough opponents. I think offensively, so uh, we we will see how that kind of balances out. I think the rest of the year, and I do think uh, their performance against the Bills and uh, and against the Bengals have have kind of shown um, a glimmer of hope, I think, uh, mm-hmm. on uh, on what where it can be once they get some of these guys back healthy. So, completely agree. All right, my last set of numbers, also a big, a big group of numbers, uh, two point oh eight four, point one one seven, and point oh three four. So two, the offense is uh, ranked second overall overall on DVOA. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, 0.084, that's the EPA per play um, overall, which is good for seventh best in the NFL. 0.117 is the EPA per dropback, which is again good for seventh in the NFL. And 0.034 is the EPA per rush attempt, which is fifth best in the NFL. So the other side of the coin here is the offense is is doing very well uh, compared to uh, the rest of the NFL. And I would say even this is despite not firing on all cylinders, you know, their offensive line is just getting healthy now with Stanley coming back, Uh, hopefully more and more uh, snaps and less of a rotation. Uh, Hopefully they can get uh, some continuity there and really start to gel. Uh, You know, Dobbins is returned and uh, kind of getting more snaps and going to get uh, more of the, uh, uh, you know, more into the rotation. Hopefully Bateman will return soon. Um, and then eventually Edwards will return. So it's pretty amazing to see how well they've done by a lot of, uh, a lot of metrics offensively, despite, um, you know, I think leaving quite a bit, uh, out there where they could have, uh, you know, where they could have succeeded. So. Yeah, I, th- I think that's put very well. Um, you know, these these positive, these very high positive EPAs per um, dropback are good. It's there's a lot of teams who can't crack zero in terms of EPA per rush, right? The average EPA per rush is in the NFL is below zero, right? Yeah, actually, um, both. I think, but think this year normally rush is negative almost always this mm-hmm. year i think actually pass at least in the beginning of the year was negative too which was very odd uh but uh past past teams were struggling in the beginning of this year so so they're they're measuring that relative to some three or five year standard then they're not measuring it to this year or, or average you know somebody would be above average i guarantee you that one of them would be right it's not like dvoa where it nets out to zero uh mm-hmm. the, the epa is relative to kind of expectations based off of the historical model. So, um, yeah, so that 
the whole NFL can be down relative to historical model, uh, and, and you can have the negative EPA. So um, it was interesting to hear that the pass game was struggling a little bit earlier this year, but um, but to have a positive EPA on both pass and run plays is, you know, it's exactly where you want to be. Uh, I think it's just more about um, consistency is one of the key things for the offense going forward. All right. You mentioned that offensive line continuity. Dan, always a pleasure to do this show with you. Uh, tell folks where they can talk football with you. Yeah, you can reach out to me over on Twitter at uh, DP Reese and then the number eight. Uh, happy to talk uh, Ravens or anything NFL. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the best place. So Dan's understating what he knows to one of the really good cap guys uh, certainly understands that uh, knows NFL fast are and how a lot of that uh, information is laid out. If you have questions about that, hopefully I didn't make too much homework for you here, Dan, in terms of other people contacting you. Uh, other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. I'll get you back to you very quickly, I promise. Uh, nice 25-minute narrow topic is what we're looking for. Uh, Dan, always a pleasure, and we'll see you again next week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.